And welcome back to the Matt and Corey Show, brought to you by the shithead downstairs. It's blasting the hockey game so fucking loud that you'll probably hear it. Is that what I, that is? Yeah. Oh. I'm Matt. I'm Corey. And welcome to episode three. Trace. The Trinity. Ooh. Trinity episode. We're getting there. That's almost ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. So, uh... For those who listened to our our last episode, we took a pretty deep dive into the emotions we had during the six-season arc that is BoJack Horseman. Um, Something I thought was kind of exciting, we had a couple (laughs) already doing the mug out. (laughs) The mug out gesture. Something I was pretty excited about, we've had uh, like two or three people that listened that either had never heard of BoJack Horseman before or... Had had seen and heard of it, but thought it was like thought it was something else. As did Alan, and I would just like to drop his name. Hi, Hi Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah, Alan said he was on to episode seven or something like that. Last time you said it was episode nine. I don't. Which know. is it? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I just read it. But yeah, he said it was good, and I was like, oh shit, you're actually getting into the you know like where it gets good. So, Alan, if you're listening, please. Send us uh, an email at Matt and Corey show at gmail.com or it'll be the first email we hit get. up our hit up our DMs at Matt and Corey show on Instagram to let us know what episode you're on. Maybe we can have a new segment where we just say hi to Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I, it'll be nothing more than that. It'll just hi Alan. Hi Alan. So that was exciting. You know, we yeah. had some good We've some, had, some you know, good feedback. On the more focused topic, too. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> That's okay. I was just going to say it's cool that we have people that actually go to Spotify or go to Apple Music. and Or Google Podcasts or, or Google Podbean Podcast or, or Podcast, Podcast. <laughs> where podcasts are found. And they're, you know, they actually like do want to listen. And I feel like it's more of like a time filler, but that's fine. If you want to listen to us BS while you work or do dishes, that's great. More power <laughs> that's a to weird you. example. I don't know. <laughs> Those are two of many, many situations in which you can find yourself. Two of several. Two of any. <laughs> of any situation. I don't know if it's like, if, I've always had this thought, and so, I mean, this kind of relates. So, our topic today will be doing a bit of a dive into some of our, our favorite music of 2019, and maybe some things we're, we're looking forward to musically in 2020, the year of our Lord. <laughs> GK. JC Jesus Christ Where was I going with this? Right Um Fuck No Lost it again There it is No Talking about Got music it. I always wondered if like Musicians listen to their own music Like Does Mark Hoppus On His drive to The, the studio Or Dude, like People stuff Yeah Up Mulholland Drive Does he listen To Blink 182? Does he listen to Plus 44? I, I feel, don't know I feel like yes Cause I've heard that most people that make music make music that they would want to hear. You know, they make music that is inspired by what they hear. So I feel like a person who makes music and it's inspired by what they like probably would like their own music. It might get a little old because you've been trying to make it for X amount of months and you've been playing the same songs over and over. And in the case of like Mark Hoppus, like, like, damn it. I'm sure he likes it, but he's been playing it for like, 25 years so it's just wonder like could you listen to it in a not self-critical fashion it would be hard because you know you're you're your own biggest critic i know i am when i try and do anything that is 
art-esque, whether it's music or even this podcast. Um, this is our art project. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's hard to hear your own ideas and songs and things of that nature and not be like, oh, I could have done that better. I could have not sucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could have done that case, but not sucked. In my I mean, case. Tying back to, I mean, not really tying back to episode one of the podcast, but, you know, like, Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver are two examples of people that, like, they don't watch the movies they're in because they they don't want to see themselves. They don't want to point out all the things that they're, like, again, just very critical of, I guess. I wonder if Adam Driver just doesn't want to look at his huge nose on the screen. (laughs) His nose is already big, and now it's, like, 80 feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Blown up to huge proportions. Yeah. Man, he was really good in Marriage Story. I, I actually watched that the other day, and yeah, it was... Fuck. It's really good. There's a lot of emotions there, too. He, like, hits the wall when they're fighting it. Spoilers. Even that, like, bef- like I mean, that scene has been memed to death, but, like, just the dialogue before that, oh. When they're going back and forth, oh, yeah. That hurts. Really good. But now... Circling this back. This isn't about Netflix. This isn't the Marriage Story podcast. <laughs> but... Makes me wonder if, if podcasters also listen to their own podcasts. I mean, we obviously go through it once or twice in our meager editing process. But I have found that I enjoy listening to it on my drive to work over like one or two one or two sessions. I, I actually play to work. That's like the day oh, after. That's I, where all our views are coming from. <laughs> yeah, it's just me playing it on loop. No, I, I probably played episode one three times. Because I wanted to hear it once, and then I wanted to hear it again, and then I showed Brit. Hmm. And episode two, I probably listened to twice as well. So that's like five views, which is like half of our total views. It's just me. It does segregate it a bit. I mean, you can see like the total number of views, total number of starts, and unique listeners and stuff. Right. So they're not all coming from us. No, for sure. Which is is awesome. Because, yeah, if it was just two, (laughs) it's just you and me. I mean, this podcast is for us, by us. For, for no, no one. one. Damn it, we said the <laughs> same thing. So, it's just awesome that we have people that want to listen. And hopefully they enjoy our conversation about... Music. Yeah. Just trying to open my phone to my, my notes so we can... I don't lose my train of thought, which does happen a lot, as I've heard. So we've been told. <laughs> <laughs> so, our goal for today's episode, I guess, is one for... I mean, yeah, like we said podcast for us by us for nobody for nobody fuck <laughs> um kind of reminisce and think back to some of the music that we really enjoyed from last year um a lot of our musical tastes i think are quite similar but yeah. i know we have some disagreements sometimes so i'm excited for that which is great um and in addition to that deep dive and kind of reminiscing of everything trying to Maybe give some like gateway drug sort of tracks. Give, you know, if you've never heard of the band or you maybe heard one song, you weren't really into them, but you want to give them another chance. Uh, some like sort of jumping off point that you might be interested in. Which is awesome because I know it's always great when people tell me about new music or maybe old music and I find something that I actually like quite a bit. And there's been a few bands uh, where, you know, they've been out for like 10 plus years. I hadn't heard of them. And it's nice that you have this catalog to to go back to and you know really soak in yeah and we both i mean again yeah our musical tastes are pretty similar but i think we can both have we can both give credit to each other for introducing us to some pretty big bands that became pretty important i think 
I introduced you to Alkaline Trio. You did, in I fact. Think, which is, uh, that I feel like that's like a that's a that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. I showed you the front bottoms. No, I showed you the front bottoms. Credit to you Ian Lewis, circa baseball. like two thousand. Fuck. Not, Long not eight or nine. Long. I was in like my first or second year of university, and he had sent me maps. Maps Ooh. by the front bottoms, I think. Maps is a good one, and it's a that's a good jumping off song. Around that time, mm-hmm. like a, a couple months later, Twin Size Mattress came out as their first single of Talent of the Hawk. That's a good one. And then one I was too. I was fucked. That yeah, was it. I was see. in. Oh, that song still is yeah. so good. I showed you. You got me on Modern Baseball, which is another big one. That for, became a big for, one yeah, for you. Uh, and the other one, the other big one, I would give you credit for is the Menzingers. Oh, you yeah. got me started and which on... is weird because i i thought they were like good i was like yeah it's a good song and then you went back and i didn't really like their older stuff as much i only like this one album but then you were like oh shit and you went way back and now i've kind of it's kind of grown on me too but um i was like yeah this band's pretty good and you went really deep on it and i was like oh, it took me a little while uh i think the first song you sent me was probably after the party because yeah. i think that was one of their singles yeah and that was one of the ones off that album that i really liked and I think Lookers was the other single. So it was Another like... banger. Just... Oh. Well, I've, we'll get into them. We're Spoilers. Uh, so it's been spoiled. But, um, yeah, I started with... That's that's sometimes my approach. Is like, you start with one song and it's like, okay, the singles are usually kind of, you know, the cra- like broad, broad appeal. Yeah. So you kind of start with <clears throat> those. Um, and then, you know, like most current album get through that and if i still really like what i'm hearing slowly work my way back through the catalog and i usually find that if i just jump right in chronologically it doesn't work like True. with alkaline trio there i i hate to admit it there was a time when like you didn't cringe like cringe was not i know and it makes me cringe it's such a good song but i had to like work my way back and now suddenly it's all come together and i can appreciate the full kind of catalog and evolution of sound and and that's been true for Alkaline Trio. Blink to a certain extent. Yeah. I'm still not big on Shezure Cat. There's a few songs on it that I quite enjoy. Uh, Depends. It's all strings. On the comments. But yeah, um, we're also the kind of people to take an album from start to finish. And I feel like most people don't do that anymore. Everyone's about the single or this banger song. And no one really, not no one, but like popular artists like if you asked a taylor swift fan what track four was on x album that wasn't a single i don't know if they'd be able to name it not that i can do that for yeah, every album as you were, i pull out my phone here you were getting ready but I, I i do feel that more people now don't listen to whole albums and i do kind of pride myself as a snob i guess i don't know Maybe hey cory what's the fourth song on plus 44's debut and only album when your heart stops beating <laughs> uh i'm just glad you didn't ask me the type or the opening track i think isn't four when your heart stops beating no it is this is out of order <laughs> oh I... <laughs> you got I... the, you got the playlist and not the actual track i think it's lillian oh I think it's Lillian. The de- Lycanthrope is the first song. Oh, yeah. Fuck. God damn it. When Your Heart Stops Beating, I think, is number th- three. 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 Baby Come On is number two. What's number four? It might be Lillian. I, I think you're right. 
Let's find out. You can Dead air. <laughs> you can cut the silence. Yeah. With a knife. I can't wait till it's... Oh my god, please let me be right. I don't think I am. I'm worried you might be. <laughs> I feel like when your heart stops beating is number three. And finally, as we scroll down... Where the fuck? Just give me the track. Stay out of that cat box. I also have it here. Let's see if I can... Track listing number four, Little Death. Little Death. We were both wrong, but I got the first three right. When Your Heart Stops Beating is three. Fuck. Baby, come I was on, number two, Lycanthrope like, number one. I was close. But so, but yeah, um, I do feel like we are the people to take an album and try and listen to it front to back to sort of, you know, as like one whole thing, whereas most people I feel like don't listen to whole albums anymore. That's been my approach, at least. I mean, everyone obviously does it in different ways, but if it's an album that I've been like really really looking forward to i like the i like to just set the stage i guess it's a very sensual thing where it's like you just you're you sit down or lie down in a dark room headphones on can't hear anything and you just play it from front to back i've done that so many times (laughs) (laughs) that's my preferred way to start but that being said there are times including albums that we'll talk about today that after that first front to back i was like Mm, that yeah. that's disappointing and I then agree. through subsequent listens it's just i don't really know how to explain it i don't know what the process is psychologically or in your mind or whatever that eventually makes these songs click like i think in one uh, i still don't know if it's my favorite album of the year or not um there are several songs that the first pass through i could not be bothered i was like oh no, like it's going to take another like two, three years before they release another album. And then just over time playing the song, suddenly it's like, how did I not notice this? How did I not appreciate this before? And it's like, they're so good. Yeah, so maybe we can, do you have yours in, in any particular order? No, I just, I, I just made a list of albums from 2019 and 2018 that I maybe didn't find until 2019. Um, and I just have this list of albums and uh, like, there are some thoughts on each one on on some, any, on some of them anyway. You have a definite favorite though, right? Yes. So maybe I think there might be one or two on mine that you will not have on your list. So I guess without further ado, we can kind of just jump into some of our favorite albums of the year. Um, in no particular order, in a particular order, whatever you like. I think Matt's is in order, mine is not. I only I'm, listened to six albums. Six I have, new albums that like came out in 2019. I think majority of mine came out in 2019. I think one or two was 2018, but I didn't find until 2019. And I think one of them, maybe two, came out this year, in the last three months. So Foul on the shot, basket's good. I did my best. <laughs> and that's all we ever had. So I guess we can kind of dive in to our favorite albums of the year. Um, in the year of 2019, I listened to six new albums that came out that year. You listened to quite a few more. I listened to more, yeah. How much more? Several. I, I, Several. I, I think it's more than double. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought about it and I was like... I, I guess depending on how you think about it, on the one hand, it's like, that's not that many albums, but for music that I, music and artists that I really like, 
Six albums is pretty sick. That's a good year of that's bands a, you like that all that all happened to put out an album. That's pretty good. Do you remember? I think twenty fifteen. Yeah. I realize we're immediately getting off track. In twenty fifteen, when like it's like Motion City soundtrack and the Front Bottoms came out with albums like yeah. within a couple months of each other. I think Matt Skiba cuts came out. Cuts and, came um, out. Party adjacent. Party adjacent by Dan Adriano. And they were all within like a couple months of each so other. Sick. It's incredible. <laughs> that was a good year too. I don't think this month, this year was quite like that, but no, still like there were some good albums. Still some good ones. Um, so my number six album of the year, my least favorite of my favorites, is McCafferty's "The House with No Doorbell." My favorite song off of it would probably be the first one, um, which is also called "The House with No Doorbell." And if you had to jump in, or if I was going to pick a song on this album specifically that to jump in on, I would personally say Cotton Candy. Corey, what are your thoughts? Uh, this was also on my list. Um, I feel like we'll probably have quite a bit of crossover. Uh, but my favorite, I don't know if I can pick one song that's like, my favorite, but I feel like if you hadn't heard this before and you wanted to listen, I would go with Sellout. Um, also a good choice. Just a really good song. But uh, It's actually a re-recording from... One of his EPs or something. Yeah, they did. I think it was called Tangerine. Um, they like he had, I think he had written a bunch of the music for it, and then they broke up. So he recorded it on an iPhone. And it's not great quality. It's just him and an acoustic guitar. But... Um, yeah, that was like a full band re-recording. Also, Alligator Skin Boots was a re-recording of a song from their original EP, hmm. or LP maybe, called Beach Boy. Anyways, um, I was a little disappointed with this album. Um, they're a fairly new band to me. I think I I just saw them, it was like an Audio Tree YouTube video for Trailer Trash. And I was like, holy shit, that's... That's really this shit good. slaps. Yeah. And then it was kind of the same progression of like starting at the at that point the current album and sort of working back and finding more and more songs that I liked. Um the one that really fucked me up was Yarn, which was like uh they're kind of front bottoms y. There's a lot of comparisons like that where it's like a lot of f- it's like folkish punk acoustic guitar, kinda angry and sad. sad. Yeah. Um, not a lot of happy songs coming out of this guy. But no ballads or love poems. Yarn was like it was a full it was a full band album and it just like whoa. <laughs> this is good. There were a lot of really, really good songs, and so after that they broke up again and they came back with Tangerine, which was it was it more just felt like they, I mean they were doing it for like the fans kind of thing, where it's like, hey, we had this music, it's not gonna be made ever now, but here's kind of what it would sound like. And they got back together and they did this album, so I was a lot of emotions, and I really wanted to like it more, uh, with the exception of, I mean, there is there are a couple really good songs. House with No Doorbell. Oh my God! It's hard. It's, it's House with No Door. <laughs> the House with No Door. <laughs> the House with No Hodor. Yeah. Um, fuck. I and I think that's that's kind of what contributed to it is the first song hit me so hard. That I was like, I am excited to just cry my fucking eyes out this whole album. And it took me a while to get past it. Like, just, lit, lit, like, I guess emotionally and metaphorically, but also it took me a while to get to track two because I just kept going back. Yeah. And that's a, that's a theme that'll come up in another album. But 
Uh, Cotton Candy was really good. Sellout was really good. Good. <laughs> Why can't I? It's good. The O's are hard. It's really hard. Uh, I I kind of liked Unforgivable Curse number three. It's good. Um, Becky and Jeff Forever is good too. Oof. Really, you didn't like that one? You lost me there. Oh. Hmm. I haven't played this album a lot. Um, I've probably gone through it four or five times, so I I'm not. I can't really hear the song just by the the title. Um, but I I do recall kind of being like, oh, like this song's good, and I went back and it's one that was on my list. I would probably put it towards the bottom two. The good songs on it are really good, but overall, it was yeah, it was like this is gonna be a good one, and then it was decent one. I think yeah, this album and I mean all the ones on the list, obviously that I've got, I enjoy them all more than I don't enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the good songs are really, really good. But I just found with this one, there was more songs that I will skip or yeah. just like could never really get into. And maybe I need to go back and give it another chance. There's but... one album that I know we, that we both have. And there's one song that I know that I oh, skip every up. time. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, that was my that's kind of my overall thoughts on House With No Doorbell. So to get to my list, um, I'm kind of looking at it. I don't have it in any sort of order, but just kind of going through it, I would probably pick Hello Exile by the Menzingers as sort of my first one to talk about. And also we just, I just kind of brought it up. Uh, this album is really, really good. However, I'm just going to bring it up. This album has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I swear to God, if you're doing a bit where you're just, it's the trackless minus one, I'm going to fucking lose it. It's 12 songs long, but to me, there's only 11 songs on it. The first song is called America, You're Freaking Me Out. Uh, this song starts at, or this album starts on the next song called Anna for me. I I really... It's it, crazy. The first song is just like so meh for me. Like I really just am super cold on it, but every other song... I like so much. It's uh, <laughs> this this album is really good from start to finish. If you start the song at Anna, or if you start this album at at Anna, this is one of the best albums of, of the year for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I only say that because Matt really likes the first song. So on the topic of yeah, this was this was one where actually the first time I listened to to America, you're freaking me out when it was released as a single. I didn't really like it. Yeah. It is now easily hands down your favorite song the best song wow. on the not even my not just my favorite the best objective wow. <laughs> song um when the album actually came out which i think was a couple months after the second single was released i again had a hard time moving forward on it like really? this one's not as sad it's not really a sad song i guess like re- in terms of like a relationship kind of context it's sad in terms of like the state of america the state of america yeah um wow it took me like at least eight or nine playthroughs before i was like okay let's see what the rest of the album has like i just kept going back to it it's so weird because our tastes are are like almost the exact same so we like almost all of the same bands but when it comes down to each song and each album we both have very different opinions on on each so it's really funny how we both enjoy this band a lot but there's songs that i just straight up don't like or find very meh but matt thinks it's the best song on the album it's just weird how it's literally works. the best song on the album <laughs> it's so obviously my favorite 
um, I would say that a good jumping off point for this album, if I had to pick one, would be Anna. Corey, what would be your two? My songs, if you haven't heard this album, uh, if you wanted to get into it, would be Anna and Strangers Forever. Uh, Those two songs really have, I don't know, I feel like those two songs really hit what this album does. Uh, There's a lot of kind of sad songs. There's a few that are a little less sad and more about, you know, like high school friends or like London drugs kind of things. Or towns called Portland. Uh, But yeah, this is a really good album if you start it at Anna. Okay, just give me, hold on a moment. So like, (laughs) I guess one one kind of gripe I had with this album. Um, So there's two kind of main songwriters and uh, I guess like co-frontmen. It's kind of like Blink where there's Mark and Tom. This band has... Or Mark and Matt. Oh, is that the other guy's name? Oh, Blink is Mark and Matt. This guy, this is Greg and... Greg Barnett and Thomas May. Tom. Okay. We're both phenomenal songwriters. Um, but I think, like, three of the songs are Tom. Tom in this one. I'm a Greg bitch, so that's fine with me. I'm Honestly, I'm a, I'm a Greg fanboy too, but, like... <laughs> that's not to say that Tom's songs on this album are bad either, but, like... Fuck, man. Greg just absolutely kills it. Like, yeah. And that's part of the reason why I really like America, You're Freaking Me Out, is like... It's because it's Greg. Some of the best lyricism of the year. Just the I'm way that he, like, <laughs> says... Oh, my God. Like, the opening lines. How can you not... I don't even know them. On the lonely end of history, swinging and swaying to the murder mystery. Rhyme and reason left that crime scene from New... Pa- Anyways. Fuck you. And, uh... <laughs> Among other songs, like, um, Strain Your Memory is another one where I just think, like, he's so good at just kind of setting a scene, telling a story, and just totally capturing the emotion of that moment or that kind of setting. Like, Strain Your Memory, I think, is, if I had to infer, is kind of, like, to sort of, like, people falling out of love who have kind of, like, like, let's go on a road trip and... And it'll, you know, sort of kickstart the marriage or the relationship and... Let's have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> and just, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's a really, it's a pretty tough song. As in, you know, it's pretty uh, hard hitting, which was kind of my catchphrase in the last episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 like one of the more sad songs. Uh, really, really good though. Just like great lyricism. The music is great. Uh, and yeah, Greg is just a... He's got such a cool voice, uh, you know. I, yeah. I, we're both fans of bands that aren't that don't have like good singers like McCafferty. I would say if you played that for like most people, they'd be like, "This dude can't sing." But it's not about how they sing it; it's about right. It's, it's about like what they're saying, even if it doesn't sound good in air quotes. You know. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of hard to articulate. Like I, I he's obviously. I mean, none of these people are going to be, like, opera singers or, like... That's just how it goes with, like, rock and roll or punk or whatever. But they... Their their voices are just... They're very appropriate for what, what they're doing. Like... Yeah. I kind of find McCafferty as... You know, they're they're kind of, like, borderline emo and... And there's a lot of yelling and I feel like he's got a really great voice for that. Even if, you know, he doesn't have, like, four octaves of yeah. range kind of thing. And, like, I think Greg and Tom are both... I think pretty much everybody on this list is no exception to that. Maybe a little more technically proficient, but they've also got pretty unique voices, like despite kind of being in maybe not so much the pop punk scene as they are kind of like punk slash 
alternate rock. I, I, think, I, I don't understand genres. I, th- I think we're in a point of time where genre doesn't exist as much. You know, you can have bands like Blink. You know, they play songs from 25 years ago that are, like, pretty hard, like, punk. But then you have songs off of, like, Nine, spoilers, or self-titled album where it's you know it kind of it's a very gray area so it's really hard to put any of these bands into a very definite you know category to give tom a little bit of love on this album strawberry um, mansion is really good all of his songs are good that's the thing and so this is this album is uh it's either my favorite or a close second for the year Oh, sorry, I guess I kind of... That's okay. We're going to have... A, there's <laughs> there's going to be a lot of crossover on our list, I think, so... Um, going back to me, this it might end up being... Gosh, like, oh, shit, there's my top album of the year, kind of, maybe. I don't think it will be. Is I think your, we, we both know. Is your top album... Don't say it, but no, yes. No. The only real song I can think of that <laughs> I am not a huge, huge fan of, but I don't even think it's a bad song, is I Can't Stop Drinking, it's, which is still, it's still good. It's a good song, but it's, it's pretty, like, on the nose, if that makes sense. Like, it's very obvious. And you love that phrase, don't you? I do. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's a little much. I don't know how else to put it. It's just, we get it. <laughs> it's a little more blunt, and I think, you know, maybe in the right mindset, a good song but it's just not one i want to listen to all the time yeah. but yeah all of tom's songs which are strawberry mansion portland and last last to know some of them i didn't I, again didn't really like the first time this album i did not like my first playthrough other than america you're freaking me out <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um it, i just none of them really got me all that much and then just over the coming weeks as i listened to it and had more time to digest it it all started to click and yeah i'm really sad it's gonna be another like two to four years before they come out with another album because they just seem to be getting better i would agree with that what's next on your list matt uh so my number five is some 41's order and decline which i guess is probably low on your list or is it there at all it it was like an afterthought it was like oh yeah they put out an album last year it was i mean you start on it it was on your list first so I liked it. I, I mean, it's similar to McCafferty, but maybe a little bit more so. There are, I think, a couple of really good songs on it. And then, uh, I don't know, like maybe not as many that aren't, that I'm just like, yikes. I just don't like this. A couple of ones that are yikes for me. That's a yikes. <laughs> 45. Oh, whatever. You don't like that? Or, I mean, you like go that? Go on. Go on. I swear to fucking God, you say Catching Fire, I'm going to shit my The band is pants. from Canada, obviously. I think some live in the States. Um, so they can't have a political opinion. No, but I mean... I, this is a political podcast, need I remind you? It does sound weird that it's like, I don't want this punk album to have politics on it. Because, like, obviously in the 80s and 90s, bands I like, like Bad Religion, are all about politics. But on this one, I don't know, it was like... I don't no, think just, they were ever subtle about that, though. I think it was pretty clear it was... It's not a... I don't know. I, I don't just, think they were ever like, yeah, it's not meant to be a political... I just... It was such a meh song. Very skippable. I didn't even know that it was about Donald Trump at first, but I I like it. It's not my favorite, but I like it. Out I, for Blood is good. Out for Blood was a good one, I agree. Death in the Family. Catching Head, Fire. Heads Will Roll. Come on. 
Okay, we're going to pause quickly because we don't want to get copyright striked, but Corey's going to listen to the riff from Heads Will Roll. Fuck off. <laughs> it's, it's a good song. It's fine. I think for them, they're just like, I'm excited they're coming out with stuff I like again. It was I, cool when uh, Dave Backage came back. Like, that's a big plus. I'm still sad that... At the cost of Steve. At the, yeah, the cost of Steve-O. I have a stick from him when we saw them in 2013. He handed it to you personally. That like, he sick. pointed you out like, in the front and, like, put it in your hand. It wasn't a throw. It, you both had contact on the stick at the same time. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. That was... 2013 2013 Billy Talents on 41 we got there like eight hours early trying to think of the other bands Indian Handcrafts oh yeah and And Colorado Colorado yeah that was a great show um anyways they they've changed their sound a little bit and I don't know how I felt about it at first like underclass hero to me is one of the like controversial opinion on the internet statement but like a very very like at that time, like, that was, like, the pop-punk kind of album for yeah. Sum 41. And, and, like, in general, but, like, their album. And then, you know, he had the divorce and, like, was very into alcohol and drugs. And there's that picture where he kind of looks like a troll doll and it's kind of really sad. Yeah, he kind of looks like Fat Mike from No Effects, but worse somehow. <laughs> um, and they came out with Screaming Bloody Murder and it was obviously a very, a much darker, heavy tone. Really good. Great. Um, didn't show up on my list though as it came out like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah other than that that's the only thing really holding it back oh then they came out with 13 voices and that which continued the heavier sound and i still wasn't totally sold but there was like a There's couple songs a couple songs for that sure. i was like i i really like that and i think this kind of continued it where i'm not it's not really an album i can listen to front to back it's not guilt free it's not I mean, even Chuck, there's ones that I'm like, meh. Hmm. Their first three, or four, if you count, Half Hour Power, are like timeless classics. Like, front to back, I can just play them all. They're so good. Underclass Hero, I can't think of the whole track list off the top of my head, but there's probably one or two that I'm like, meh. There's some bangers, man. Like There are some good songs. Underclass like, Hero, uh, Walking Disaster, Pull the Curtain, um, among others. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, among others. But yeah, I it's... think they've gone from all killer, no filler, to all some killer, some, some filler. filler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, nevertheless, I would say it was, it was mostly positive and like, I'm excited for the next album to come out when it does. Um, my favorites on the, on the track, it was like choosing between Donald Trump and Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's right at a tie. <laughs> But uh, I would have to go between Heads Will Roll, which uh, we've just established I'm alone on this, yeah. and Catching Fire, which is, that was a song that fucked me up. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I, that, that's got to be my catchphrase, and yours is like, heavy, hard-hitting, and I'm like, that fucked me up. Um, it's uh, a song about suicide, and more so about the the effects it has on the people that are left behind, and he wrote it mostly about chris cornell and and chester bennington um really really sad it's it's a very different tone from the rest of the album so even if you're not really into a heavier kind of sound um i would say two jumping off points slash like if there's two songs one or two songs that you listen to from this album catching fire or never there are both more kind of ballady uh less heavy and very emotional i would also go with 
catching fire but i would trade out heads will roll <clears throat> for out for blood it's just really heavy it's just like a classic dave backish riff from like chuck it's just it's really good just remember the guitar solo from god damn i'm dead again it's got the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. even like uh, quick pause yeah that's that's a pretty sick solo you should go check it out we don't want to play it because we'll get copyright stricken in, in trouble or our something. modest podcast can't handle it we'll lose um, our sponsors <laughs> that's my thoughts on the current state of sum 41 yeah i would agree with that even though we disagree on 45 um next agree to disagree i don't agree to that next on my list um this one will probably be not on your list but it's it's an album called begin to make things right by oh yeah the carolyn Right. And this is a, a band that I just came across this past year, and it doesn't happen often. Hey, Corey. What? Guess what? What? I hate the Carolyn. <laughs> That's okay. This is a band that I just kind of found this year, and it doesn't happen often where I'll come across a band, and I'll be like, oh, that was a good song, and I go to check out more songs, and the other songs are also good. Uh, I, I find it kind of happens a lot where you hear a song, and you're like, oh, this song's sick. And you go to check out their other songs and they all just kind of suck or they just don't kind of hit you in the same way. Whereas this album, uh, every song is really good. The first uh, like six songs are probably the best. It kind of gets a little weaker after that. But yeah, it's just like a classic kind of like punk rock sound. I think they have great music, good lyrics, really good sound. Um, I guess you don't have any songs no, I, to pick. I don't up. have any. So if you're going to listen to this song, I would pick... AM or Heavy Eyes would be the two songs to kind of jump into it. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to like talk about this album because you like you haven't heard it. I think that might have been the one you sent to me, and I yeah. think those are the songs that I started with. And <laughs> don't I... say it because now people are gonna—they're <laughs> not gonna go listen to it. <laughs> those songs suck. <laughs> well, you shit on all my favorites. Fuck you. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get into it. Huh. I remember the first, I, well, I, I remember not remembering anything from the first half. And then the second half oh. occasionally had a different vocalist, I think. Um, I think they split. I, I think he has a good range where there's a few songs where he goes like really low. It's actually kind of crazy. Either way, there's, yeah, there's one either vocalist or vocal style that like dominates some of the songs and I just couldn't do it. But the different ones were, they at least kind of piqued my interest for a bit. And then, like, I didn't really get into the rest of it. And huh. that's where it died. But, yeah, uh, this album kind of came out of nowhere. It was a band that I hadn't heard of. Uh, I think I was just listening to some sort of playlist, like, Today's Punk or something like that. And they came up, and I was like, I think it was playing AM. And I was like, that's a really good song. And I went and played the album, and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually really sick. So, uh, yeah, this one kind of just popped out of nowhere and is really, really good. There's a few songs that have an Alkaline Trio sort of feel. Uh, so if you've ever listened to Alkaline Trio, the song HPPD has a clavicle feel, but not the acoustic version of it by Alkaline Trio, the the version off of God Damn It. Really, really good. It's got a cool bass line. I'll show you after. Yeah, that'll be a no from me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this I think this happens time to time too. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I've definitely tried to get you into bands before too, and then you're like... Enter Shikari. Mm. Oh, yeah, there you go. Enter Shikari. And... Can't, can't do it. Hard no. We'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's my... What's next on your list, Matt? Uh, number four. Number four? Number four on my list is Turnip Head. 
by Rare Candy. Not on my list, hey. but I do like him. Because there's one dude that does everything, right? Yeah, his name's yeah. Alex something. Which is crazy because the harmonies are... Plays guitar, banjo, and oh fuck yeah, piano, and he sings well, and he does his own harmonies and stuff. It's crazy. It was another one that I just heard. Uh, it was just like randomly. It was like Discover Weekly on Spotify, and uh, uh, what's the song it started with? If you see her, tell her I'm over it, which is not my favorite song from the that's, album, but that is my that's my top pick. It's not on my list, but that's the one song that I'm like, fuck, that's such a good song. It it's got me started, and then um, I think just. The next week, Discover Weekly suggested another one. Um, it was fun while it lasted. Maybe that's the one. It's the one that starts with the banjo plucking kind of thing. Oh, I think that's the one I like. The music video is like in a party. Yeah. Let's let's pause and play. Well, Corey was right about the one that he likes, even though you're you're wrong for liking it. <laughs> I know I suck. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a total fluke find, and then. Uh, did a bit of a deep dive and not big into all of it. This this album is only six songs, but there's only one that I skip semi frequently, which is dry dry clean only. But the rest I just really enjoyed, and I think part of it was like it came at a pretty crucial moment and or like time in my life. Um, it just kind of really fit in well with that that period of time, and um, I think since then he's released a single. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea when his next album is coming. He's currently touring, and I really hope that he gets bigger. Bigger, yeah. Um, I would say that, like, to go into his music a bit, it's, like, very bright. I don't want to say pop, because it's not. It's, like, folk, punk, folk, Americana. Pop, punk. It, yeah. Genre it's, is it's, dead. It's very, like, bright and bubbly. Great vocals, really clean vocals. Like, he's actually a very good singer. Some uh, killer harmonies, like you and said. And he does his own harmonies. It's, it's crazy. He'll, like, you know, do a bunch of tracks and harmonize with himself. It's it's sick. But uh, very bright. Whereas I think a lot of what we've, like, said so far has been a little more, like, raw punk. More, like, not as good of a singer. Darker themes. His is, like, it's very bright, kind of, like, soaring vocals. Yeah. Uh, I think before Turnip Head, he came up with an album called... Or another EP called... Uh, fuck. Cream Soda. That also has a couple really good songs. Um, something a little different. I mean, not far to the wheelhouse for me, but it was a little different. Um, and I think my favorite and the jump off song, I would say, is It Was Fun While It Lasted. It's got a goofy music video set at a party. <laughs> Alcohol. Neat. So viewer discretion is advised. Whereas mine would be the other one, When You See Her tell her that i loved her or something i actually don't know the name of the song <laughs> loves it so much he doesn't know. <laughs> it's a good song if you see her tell her i'm over it that's the yeah, that's the one that i like that's it's really kind of cheesy and very kind of bright and pop i, I don't want to say poppy because it's not pop because it's just him and so then i think next on my list this this is just going to be a little tiny one because this artist doesn't have a lot on spotify um and I actually forget his name. Uh, but but to take it back to episode two, this song was in Bojack Horseman. It's called Take Me Down Easy by James Henry Jr. Man, it's it's a really good song. Uh, it's, it's just him playing acoustic, but just the songwriting and the lyrics just are pretty sad, pretty like hard-hitting. Uh, but it kind of caught me off guard in the episode of Bojack, and I 
immediately paused it, went and found it. And it's, I, there was one day at work, I played only this song on repeat for like eight hours. It's really cool when that happens. It's so good. I always get really sad because I ruined this. <laughs> yeah, I I actually haven't played it in a little while. <clears throat> but yeah, it's just a really good song. It's not an album, but it's one that I found. And I can't wait for him to put up more content because uh, I really enjoyed that song. So I'll pass it back to you, Matt. Well, we're running out of albums. Uh, <laughs> number three, Blink-182 is nine. Woo! Um, was their their follow up from California Ugh. the uh, John Feldman special fucked <laughs> although John Feldman is on this album but he's a little less it doesn't feel like it though that's it's way more subtle because on California which came out in 2016 there's a lot of na 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 nas and ao and woes and the songs overall kind of suck there's a few gems. But nine is much better. It's still kind of different for Blink, but there's more songs on this album that I really like than I did on California. Yeah, I would say that as a whole, I liked this one better than than California. There's, you know, there's still a couple songs off of California that are. There's one moment that's that uh, <laughs> is is my go fa- down in infamy. It's my favorite moment. Uh, there's one point in one song that I kind of hyped up for Matt because I had heard the album first and I was like. I don't want to hype it up too much, but... Proceeds to hype it up too much. Oh my god, it's so sick. And then he was at my house and I was playing the album for him. And I didn't tell him what song Waiting for the moment. And then it happened and he was like, that's it? <laughs> you like gave me this look like, holy shit. And I was like, what? was? Oh, was that it? And I, it, I, was, I actually felt bad because the hype was there. But it blew me away. It's a great moment. It's, it's just, a great moment, you, but I don't know grossly oversold it i don't think i did the best matt skiba yell possibly ever in terms of emphasis like i'm not really sure how how to put it it's not long it's not like a held note but it's just that extra notch that i haven't heard him do before and i was like holy fuck that was sick and i i may have overhyped it a bit may have but still yeah possibly nine was a good album there's a couple big turds on it there's a couple songs that like oh there's one big stinker we can both agree on yeah i really wish i liked this song (laughs) what are what are your favorite songs off this album Corey? my favorite songs off this album that uh you actually probably won't i'm gonna say hold on fuck you favorite song uh song plural song no heart to speak of which is a matt skiba focus song and spoiler is the song that has the one moment that i like hyped up for matt um it's not so much a blink song it's like an alkaline trio song that kind of made its way onto a blink album so i think that's why i like it the most um but other than that heaven i think is my top song weak <laughs> <laughs> uh i i agree with you for the first bit um i think my favorite song is no heart to speak of as well for Pretty much exactly the reason you said. And I think that's one of the reasons also why I like this album a lot more. Is it feels like there's more of a Matt Skiba influence on it. And hey, they even gave him a song. Weird. I think Mark still has a part in it though. Still, yeah. But like, it, it feels very much like a hymn song rather than, I don't know. One of the things that I really didn't like about California in retrospect. And it comes up a couple times in uh, 9 as well. Is like... 
Mark will have a verse that has a certain, I don't know, there's certain like names or like a structure to it. And then Matt's verse is pretty much the exact same thing. Like, but just being sung by Matt. Yeah. Written and, by Mark. And then just sung kind, by Matt. It kind of just feels like he's sort of, he was still trying to like, he was kind of an outsider to blink sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like in this album, it felt more like he was a part of the band. I mean, I wish there would have been a couple more Matt songs, Matt dominated songs, but yeah. at least there's, there's one and it ended up being like by far my favorite. Yeah. I would say heaven. Yeah. Heaven's that's one I skip. Really? It's not really. A, I really like it. It doesn't really do it for me. I prefer, I prefer angel and airwaves rendition of heaven. <laughs> Completely different song. True. Um, it was, it was also, it was interesting when this album first started because there was like the word about it and the first single was Blame It On My Youth. And that was pretty mess. I met pretty met. It's grown on me, but I still don't really like it. I like Just it okay. more than heaven. Uh, really? I will say that wow. much, but it was kind of a shell shock. It's a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It is like as far away from a Blink song as Blink songs get, I think. And, I mean, before that single came out, they were like, it's going to be a very experimental album, the most since self-titled. And then that song came out, and it was like, first, part of me was like, hey, that's that's kind of neat. That's really different. And the other part of me was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sh- it's happening What are they again. doing? California Part 2. Part 2. Ah. <laughs> uh, it, but, yeah, it has it has grown on me a bit. And then, I mean, my I'd say my fears were pretty, pretty qualmed. Yeah. It's it's not as bad as California by a long shot. Like it's a couple it's, like darker songs. There's a bit more like Black a lot Rain. More. Black Rain's really good and like interesting. For yeah, them. it's it's very different. It's got more like synth, it's very like synth drum synth. focused, but it's like an electrical kit. I think yeah, the cool. entire like second verse of it. I it's, don't it's, it's think just there's really any guitar not, or or yeah. bass. It's just it's very it's very drum focused and it sounds very different. It's cool. But yeah, that's um. Oh wait, that was yours. <laughs> If I had to pick a song also as a, a jumping off point, we've kind of lost all semblance of structure. Fuck, I can't remember what I picked. I Dark would Side? Say... Was it Dark Side? Dark Side is pretty friendly, especially if you pair it with a video, which is like... I fucking hate that video. Yeah, I still hate it. But it's a little it more... It's with a little shitty girl flossing, and I... Fuck off. The dance, not the tooth thing. <laughs> Doesn't look like a walrus flossing. Yeah. I think I picked... I, I deleted the note. I think I picked the first time. That's a good song. A jumping it's, it, it's it's very feeling this esque, especially in the intro. It's got the same kind of like flanged drums. Drum. Yeah, it's cool. It's got a lot of energy. It it kind of it hooked me in, and I got really excited for the album. And for the most part, wasn't disappointed. But it's kind of a weaker song, like in terms of like content and lyrics and stuff. I find it to be kind of lacking. But overall, it is a good song. It's and a it, catchy tune, and it does like set the tone for the album my next album if i had to look at this list way uh, way out of left field is eminem music to be murdered by um yeah it's uh i think this is the third album in a row where he's just dropped it maybe two in a row um where there's been no hype nothing it just drops and uh, people are like oh shit you know m dropped a brand new album oh shit was this another one that was in response to a less well-received album? Ish. Because I feel like the last one he had... Kamikaze was like, okay. I mean, 
there are people that say it was great, and it's like that with all of his albums, except for, like... See, I thought Kamikaze was one where the album before that he released was not well received, and then he's like, all right, fuck it, drop Kamikaze, and people lost their mind. Oh, yeah, because the album before Kamikaze was... Revival? Marshall Mathers LP2, uh, which only had Rap God on it as, like, a really big song. It had a lot of really good albums. Actually, me and Dylan. <laughs> I'm going to throw a yellow flag on that. I don't think that's correct. As for this current album, um, he kind of, like, lends a lot more into the mumble rap and, like, the New Age rap, which I... There are parts of it I was like, I kind of get it, I guess, but there's just a bunch of songs where... Um, I don't know, he actually goes into some, like, deeper themes and stuff, and he does, you know, he still does his, like, fast rapping, like, at the end of Godzilla. He actually is faster than in Rap God. Oof. And then there's a song called Darkness, which is about the Vegas shooting. There's not a lot of a beat to it. Um, It doesn't have, like, a sick beat, but it's just great lyrics, good topic, really, really, really good song. Hey, Corey. What's up? Guess what, uh, guess what album came after Revival? Marshall Mathers LP2. Kamikaze. What? Kamikaze, Revival, and then the Marshall Mathers LP2 in reverse order. What? So. Fuck you. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Revival came out, people didn't like it. I think you didn't like it either, because you were like, Ed Sheeran, what the fuck? And then he, like, looking, so looking, even at the dates, Marshall Mathers LP2 came out 2013, Revival came out 2017, and Kamikaze came out 2018. Oh, like, I'm thinking of... Like, nine months later. I'm thinking of Relapse, the one where his face is, like, pills or whatever. Oh, that was bad. That's, like, 2009, though, I think. That was 2009. Recovery came out right a year and a month after that. My bad. Now like, that I can see the album art, the yeah, album art it's yeah. got, like, the flag on it and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, yeah, this album, um, it's long. It's, like, 20 songs. Uh, again, it's pretty hit and miss, uh, but the songs that are good are really good. The intro... Premonition is really good. You Gonna Learn, featuring Royce, to 5'9", which is a really, really good song. Godzilla and Darkness are, are great. Stepdad, Marsh, Little Engine are also all really, really good, as well as Farewell. It's a long album, so there's, yeah, what, six songs that I really, really like. The others are okay to bad. Um, but yeah, it, I, I didn't see it coming, and I played it, and I've been playing it a whole bunch at work. It's It's really, really good. I haven't taken a deep dive into it. Like, I just started to play through it on, like, long drives kind of thing. Or, like, long-ish drives enough to get through a song or two kind of thing. I couldn't really get into it, and I I feel like I'm just not... Into the rap scene as much. Yeah. I mean, I never was huge into it anyways, but... I mean, even Eminem, which was kind of, like, my sort of gateway into the genre, for better or worse. As is most white people's... (laughs) Uh, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me anymore. I just mm. found, like, every once in a while, the odd song. Like, even Marsh Mathers LP2, I think, has, you know, three or four songs that I could pull from it that I ended up really liking and still really like. But Evil Twin was good. Ugh. Really? I, I like that song a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking more, like, Bad Guy. Oh, fuck, what's the one with Kendrick Lamar? Love something. We'll have to put a note in that. Ah. <laughs> But there's yeah there's a couple and I don't know I've I've tried to I tried to go through Kamikaze especially because people were like I skipped Revival entirely yeah and then Kamikaze came out and people were like holy shit Kamikaze did has what was the one um... I don't know 
Berserk was it was a good song from uh, that album. I think Berserk was on that album. Didn't Berserk? No, no, no. I the, don't think so. Not Boombox. Fucking. But yeah, that. Um, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, it was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, there's a, a like a few parts of the. I mean, I don't want to say Juice World, but like, cause he's dead now. But like, his part was pretty meh. And there's another song. I think it's like the first song after the intro. I don't know who's in it. Uh, his part isn't very good. I'm just not really into the new rap sound. But there are parts of the album that are fine. And I'm like, I kind of get it. But but yeah. I kind of heard that too, that he's sort of... A lot of criticism has been like the his style. That's kind of like... I, again, I haven't really listened to it enough to know. But some of the criticisms I've heard, is it's kind of like almost barky and like angry rap. And like not even like putting outside content and yeah. lyrics and everything. Just the way that he sounds hmm. sort of thing but i always kind of liked his voice but that's just me i guess but yeah that was uh that was an album that i've been playing a lot that came out last uh this year i guess but it's on the list and we should probably do a couple more because i only got one left so next on my list uh, i guess it'll be my number two since i think our number one is tied <laughs> uh is safe and also no fear by slaughter beach dog uh which is formed by one of the uh, one of the main members like the founding members of modern baseball jake ewald um who's gonna quiz you do you know his name um and it's weird because as much as you like modern baseball you don't really like this stuff as as much right which is weird because every time i listen to it i'm like i should (laughs) everything about this is something i should like but with the exception of i mean i haven't listened to all of his stuff but like monsters is one that i think that was the first one i'd heard from again like Man, Spotify discovery just really, really coming in hot. We got to get a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. um, and Phoenix off of, I don't know what album, Birdie? Birdie. Also really good, but so, otherwise, yeah, yeah. This album, I probably play this album three times per day at work. Uh, I know. <laughs> but use the same Spotify. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, it's, um, I've been into this band um for probably like eight months they put out a few albums between i think 2016 and now and this album uh is a little different from his other ones because the other ones are more modern baseball-y like the jake ewald part of modern baseball whereas i think in this album he kind of found i say he it's a whole band um but i'm pretty sure he does all of the writing so i I feel like he kind of found his own sound for this project which i feel is his main project because modern baseball is probably not coming back as sad as it is i'm still holding out hope but yeah so far no 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 new signs of life but yeah every single track um except maybe the second half of black oak because there's no lyrics and it's just the song and it's like a six minute song and i'm like like why the john travolta like. Yeah. <laughs> like why is it still playing one down good ones the dogs black oak petersburg tangerine heart attack one day map of the stars and anything every single song is so good the songwriting the lyrics how the songs kind of go together if you're gonna check this one out i would say listen to one day map of the stars or good ones those are my my like top three I thought you were just going to go through the whole album again. <laughs> just, uh, like my out, favorites are the whole album. And, yeah, just uh, check out any could... one of these 10 songs. I don't know what it is. Um, I just kind of get his music. It really hits home for me. There's a lot of really like good moments and good lyrics. And 
Yeah, I don't know if you've heard this album much. I haven't, but I might give it a shot. It's really good. I think this might get you more into him because it's a little different from his other stuff where, as I said, his um, other stuff with this band is more the the Jake Ewald part of modern baseball, whereas this one, I think he really finds his own sound and it just becomes Slaughter Beach Dog. Man, on that note, I wouldn't mind another Steady Hands album either. Who is Sean the drummer from? Sean Huber, the drummer from modern baseball but, but i think he had he had the band steady hands like during and possibly before yeah because there's two references in modern baseball songs or, or one or two yeah um, the steady hands to sean in redone which was on there oh, it was on modern baseball's first sports. lp called Ooh. sports I, again not all of his stuff really does it for me it's kind of like again genre is hard but it makes me think of like I don't fucking like Irish sailor yeah. kind of f- again like folk punk. Yeah. I don't know. I get like m- I've only heard one Dropkick Murphys song. <laughs> Whoa! Shipping up to Boston. Shipping up to Boston. Um, and I I get mild vibes of that in some of his songs. Um, like what's the one the one with the video? It's got Jake uh, Jakey Wald in it, and it's, he's the guitar player. Yeah, up for that first Steady Hands. It's not the Libertines, it's I Swear Like a Sailor. I Swear Like a Sailor, yeah. That's that's the one song that I know by them that's really good. Skin and Bones is also, I would put a plug for that. I'll have to check it Also out. has a music video. This is also not part of the list. <laughs> I digress. Um, you should check out this album. It's really good from front to back, except for the second half of Black Oak, which is just like a bunch of music playing. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number two, if I had to put them in any sort of order. It's probably tied for one you know what's a real number two the carolyn yeah (laughs) (laughs) got him all right so do you want to go to number one now because i feel like our number one is i'm still (sighs) i know it's you're probably torn between two kind of like i am but this is even more of a dale earnhardt jr donald trump situation it's about a tie that's right at a tie yeah same for me with uh safe and also no fear and Morbid stuff. More morbid stuff. By Pup Gorbachev <laughs> is our number one. Probably tied with another album for number one. Is the Matt and Corey Show's number one number number one album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think as much as I really liked Hello Exile, I mm, yeah, I think I have to give it to Pop. It's I can conf- I can't even confidently say that. It's like I can confidently say that Scorpion Hill is my favorite song of the year. Um, but America, you're freaking me out. Also pretty good. Arguably. That came out, let's see, Morbid Stuff came out February. It was Which was also, yeah, it was a pretty bad time for me, so it was a really It was cuz I was in school still. So, and it was after it was like Jan- maybe january it might have been around that time it was right after christmas ish i think i don't know if it says in spotify just says I, f- I feel like the single came out the, the single for kids came out 2018. early 2019 late 2018 yeah i think this came out february march or yeah somewhere between february and april but yeah. again uh it wasn't a great time for matthew um and this album wasn't like I think still stands on its own is just really, really, really strong. I feel but like also is a band team. that, because um, their first album came out in 2016 called Guilt Trip. No. 
Fuck, that's... Was it just called Pup? It might have just been called Pup. With the teeth. With the teeth. Yeah, it's just called Pup. I, I suck. I'm a huge fan of this band, but I don't know anything about them. Remember at the very beginning when you were like, yeah, not, I don't want to say I'm a snob, but like, you <laughs> ask a Taylor Swift fan, what, you know, what's the fourth song? Like, what's Pup, one of your favorite band's first album's name? <laughs> and they have three. <laughs> and it's the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... I feel like Pup is a band that has grown into their own sound. Obviously, they you know they have their own sound. Um, Again, like a sailor Mexican folk punk. <laughs> no, jazz. I'm trying to think of the lead singer's name. Stefan Babcock. Stefan, I suck. Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the lead singer of Pup. Um, you know, he he has his own voice. It's pretty shrill. I don't. I think most people would find it bad. It's a little off putting at first, but um. As they've grown through these three albums, you know, they've they've really come together and made, uh, it's like their own kind of niche sound. I think I get what you mean. Like, yeah, I, I, again, it's hard to describe things. It's more just like how it makes you feel. But and in this, like their first album, it's almost, I would describe it as kind of like a, almost a dirtier kind of sound, like unclean, not very refined. They're like, Still, fuck it, let's make an album. Yeah. Man. Still, again, like some really good songs, but I feel like, yeah, as the albums have gone on, um, they've still maintained their identity while sort of refining things where it, it's 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 almost like they've got the best of both worlds where they're still very much themselves, but also have set themselves up for a broader appeal. Um, and they've gotten better. I, yeah. I, like, you know, just as a band too, I, you know, I, I feel like everything's a lot cleaner. They know what they want to do and they're you know, just making good music that they like, that they hope that their fans would like. And it's as much as they sound the same as their first album, they've really, again, like grown in, in, into their own sound. I think one of the, one of the big things about this album was their second album. It's called The Dream Is Over. And I think they were like touring and uh, I don't know if they had to cancel the show or, or something, but uh, Stefan, the lead vocalist, he no noise was coming out of him. He just couldn't he couldn't speak, he couldn't sing. And I think he had like a perforated ulcer or something like that. Or like bad nodes on his chords or something like that. And the according to the interview that they give, the doctor said the dream is over. And so it was very much or like his comments after too were like, Well, we might as well just run this ship into the ground and I was like, first of all, fuck you have this great band you've released two really good albums like why wouldn't you take care of yourself now um so we weren't even sure for a while if another album was even going to be coming at all and then it did and holy shit it was worth the wait and as much as i hope for another album if this is the last one we get like that's a hell of a trilogy yeah that's like the prequels like (laughs) of just undisputed I would agree with you that Scorpion Hill is probably my my top song of the year. It's just got a very nice like slow intro with Stefan singing and some like like background music and it's very slow and it's very chill. And then it kicks into like the actual song and there's, you know, the whole band and uh, it just kind of goes off and it's got great lyrics, good music. I'm a big fan of the drummer uh, who on Instagram is called Butt Lips, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Uh but they they do play they do play around a lot with time signatures and kind of weird stuff uh so it's just kind of cool that they're very punk but they're also technical which is cool it was an interesting um 
again, one of the interviews, uh, when they first got signed and like in all their shows and stuff, their agent or booking, whoever, like person that found them said that like their music, their big thing as a band, uh, when they perform and when they write and all that stuff is that everything feels like it's just about to fall apart, (laughs) which is pretty accurate. Like I would say for their first album, there's a lot of like weird things that they do in like Mabu and stuff and we saw them live in Vancouver 2017 because I was in Vancouver yeah fuck that was a in like a t- three week span I saw the Menzingers against me and Pop on three separate nights shout out to Alan who was also at that show hi Alan, hi, Alan. god it was so tickets were like 25 bucks they were cheap and it was like four bands like we got there at six six o'clock i think yeah or maybe even or did the show start at six i think it started at seven and there was there was two bands brass. i don't remember brass, brass. Who was from vancouver uh who's really good uh i don't know if they have anything out there not as big and there was another band and then douche amore <laughs> yeah and they were they're they're fine they kind of have like one note and they just kind of ride that it's not, yeah, they weren't really my cup of tea. And then, I'd say by the time that, like, Touche Amore played, people were starting to get into it. Like, we managed to get to the front, and we were holding on. And so sick. People started to, like, to give her. And then it was, like, 10, 10.30. We'd been there now for, like, I mean, we'd been waiting in line and stuff since, like, 4 or 5. But we'd been in the show proper for, like, 4, 4 and a half hours. And Pop hadn't even come on yet. I was, I don't know, I'm old, so, like, I was exhausted. And then when Pop came on, I was like, maybe the rest of the crowd will be kind of tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> the wave just, like, crushed us against the <laughs> gate. It was fucking crazy. I just, like, oh. Broke my fucking glasses. Yeah, you were really That was mad. so, oh, that was during Brass, I think. Someone was being, like, brought over on the crowd surf. And my, they fucking hit me in the back of the head. My glasses fell off. And I, like, turned and I stepped on them. And I was so choked because I was like, I haven't even seen Pup. I can't fucking see without my glasses. It almost ruined the whole now show. I'll never see Pup. But Pup, uh, Pup, it, it was totally worth it. They were, uh, it was so good. Even so, with Broken so glasses. Good. Fuck, I was choked. And that was when they they still only had the two albums out, which was fucking. Well, we have to go again, obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. But Alan, we have to go again. <laughs> are you listening to this, Alan? Please let us know. Um. The, wow, the one, like, mystery I have from that show is someone had a poster board up with a song, and they wanted them to play it, obviously, and they called him out, and they're like, hey, uh, sorry if this you take this wrong, but we fucking hate that song, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. It's probably one of the ones that's a bit slower, like Pine Point or Cul-de-Sac or something. Maybe. Ah, what else happened that night? When we were in line, they, like... I guess they were at they were at or are at the level of fame where like they can kind of walk around and oh, yeah. they're not going to get like harassed but they walked out to I don't know go get some food before you know 5 hours before they were supposed to start <laughs> playing and I think I was the the guitar's name Stephen yeah there's Stephen and Stephen yeah and I was just like hey man how's it going he's like good how are you I was like ah oh, you know pretty good I'm, like gesturing to the lineup and 
It was chill. Yeah, my heart was just on fire. I never know what to say. I've had precious few. What about the time we saw Dan and it was like oh, right in front of us? The amount of sweat. That was a good one too. From both of us. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was brutal. Dan is a sweaty performer and I can really appreciate that. There needs to be more sweaty role models in music. <laughs> but yeah, this album by Pup, you know, we're both in balls deep. <laughs> and I think we both agree that... Uh, it was definitely the best album of the year for us for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, we're, I know, we both kind of went through some tough times, and it was there for us. And it's just got good lyrics, and it's got good music, and it's by a band we like. They're from Canada too, which I mean, it does add a little bit for me, which is kind of cool. But it's but, nice to have a success story now and again. It's like Rush, Billy Talent, Sum Forty One, Pop. I don't want to get in this because there's going to be people like you forgot fucking Alanis Morissette or something. <laughs> BCDC yeah. live from Riverboat Days it's like Sick. 2005 I don't know yeah. they were actually really good but yeah just a really really great album I know we disagree on a couple songs pretty profoundly Closure can lick my butt Closure's like fuck you it's, I love Closure um I love the idea of Closure but not the song <laughs> It's yeah, just it's, yeah, it's really good. That's it's dark. It has um, everything too. It's got like upbeat songs. It's got sad songs. It has some songs that are a little more optimistic, and then it has one full blown meltdown, which is just like what the fuck. <laughs> and the last song, "City," which is kind of like a slower song that kind of builds up, and it's this weird experience. It's not a song that I can play all the time, but when I'm in the mood for it, it really kind of hits home, and it's it's really good. Yeah, I think one of my favorite aspects of the band is like, in, I mean, in addition to having like really fun, energetic, catchy riffs and like uh, lead guitarist and solo and stuff. Sick drums. And everything is just really good. All the instrumentals are so good. Um, they they do this thing, and I, there's got to be a word for it, but they have very like upbeat kind of sounding songs that are just so sad at the, at the angry and what's the expression. Maybe, maybe I don't know because it's an expression. It's just leaning into the mic. Um, they have a lot of very upbeat songs that sound like they're happy, but the uh, the actual like lyricism and content and like subject matter is morbid. <laughs> it's there's a lot of really dark songs. Like I mean, Scorpion Hill is one that's yeah. The exception of like the beginning and the end, it sounds like those sound kind of sad. And then the main thing is like, oh fuck, I'm just remembering like the the solo riff. Uh, at, at, yeah, after, after the first little intro part, then there's like that solo guitar riff that yeah. plays in between each verse. Oh my God. That the first time I heard that little riff that he plays gave me goosebumps and like still does every once in a while. Cause I feel like it just, if I could pick one moment from that entire album that captures like what pup is and means to me, it's that little riff. Cause it's just so like. On the one hand, like kind of, kind of bright and like optimistic, but also really, really sad. Really fucked me up. <laughs> it's very hard hitting, hard hitting, and emotional. Yeah, but yeah, it's really good. If you only listen to one of the albums that we talked about, you should really listen to this one. You should listen to them all. The but thing is, is, the... is, like, I feel like this is also one of the least accessible. Yeah, albums. It's... <laughs> his pup is very niche. It's it's yeah. like BoJack Horseman. There's some stuff you have to get through. You have to get through the sound of the vocals. You have to get through the the energy and the way that they write their songs because they do change a lot of like 
time signature and kind of jarring but when you get through that not that it's bad but there are some people that might not like it you really find this nugget of like great lyrics and you can really tell that this band puts their all into the music to try and put out something that they like and that they want people to like and it's really true and honest but you got to get through some pokey edges to get to that really good stuff new giddy center exactly the uh if there's one song off this album that i would pick to be like the most user-friendly would probably go with kids i think maybe morbid stuff the like the intro track but yeah. i feel like if i was a new listener because it took me a while to like i think you got you and alan me and alan yeah hi alan hey alan uh how's it going that could be the title of the hi alan hi alan <laughs> you'd love it um i started with dvp and dude so sick Especially Dark when you days. go from "If This Tour Doesn't Kill You, I Will" into DVP. Oh, that the, is like the back-to-back tracks is so sick. And when they fuck, they they did that at the show. They were just like, "Hey, we don't believe in encores. in encores. It's pretty fucking stupid. So we're just gonna play a couple more songs." And then they did "If This Tour Doesn't Kill You" into DVP. And I, so sick. I was getting tired again because it was just like towards the end. It was not like like it was like one one thirty in the morning. Yeah. And then they did that, and I was like, "All right, fuck it, like <laughs> one last go." Yeah, I started with those two songs, and, like, it took me a while. I think I liked Dark Days more than DVP, and then slowly, like, worked my way in. But I feel like a lot of the songs on Morbid Stuff wouldn't have... Probably wouldn't have changed my mind before it really clicked, but this is probably the most, like, listener-friendly version of their sound. I would agree with that. And just a small other plug for the band, if you're looking for, like, one of the saddest music videos of all time, Sleep in the Heat. Yeah. God depressing that whole song ugh. and it's got finn wolf finn wolfhard of stranger things fame yeah he's and... in a whole bunch of their videos and actually he's kind of like a mascot of the band because he's also from canada and they kind of have this weird like <laughs> friendship it's it's cool like but yeah listen to pop Pop's pop great. quiz pop quiz. pop quiz <laughs> what does pop stand for oh it's um it doesn't stand for anything but they said if they had like if they had to pick something or there was one time that there was a person that said it was it it, it escapes me because i'm a hack pathetic use of potential thank you you're welcome and their actual name is uh yeah. i'm just kidding so i think that will pretty much do it for the the Easy. meat of the sandwich of this podcast um there was some other stuff we wanted to get into like music that were we're hopeful or like want to come out but i think we'll save that as like a companion episode so we have more content to talk about um but now we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment tips and clips where we give you a hot tip and, and an, an out of context, context clip, clip that we don't know what it's going to be yet but we're going to laugh anyways so my hot tip we didn't have one planned but i was at work today and the hot tip uh was uh if your dog has eaten something that might it might not be able uh, to be passed, uh, there was one person that works said they talked to their vet and they said to feed it a Vaseline sandwich, <laughs> and it'll help pass whatever the dog cannot pass. And I thought that was I was like, what? The vet said that <laughs> a Vaseline sandwich, Just bread with Vaseline in it. Feed it to your dog. I don't know if she was kidding or not, but she seemed serious. I don't know if there's any users there that uh, their dogs are, ex- listeners that their dogs are expendable. Or maybe your own body. Maybe you have eaten a quarter. 
hit us up at uh, at Matt and Corey Show at gmail.com or at Matt and Corey on Instagram. Uh, let us know how your your va- how you like your Vaseline sandwich, rye or whole wheat, <laughs> bread toasted, cheese on top, grilled, panini pressed. So many options. <laughs> and now for our out of context clip from the the early recordings. Quite a while ago. Was it a hot dickin? No. Uh, it's like a cold. Warm clam. Lukewarm kind of clammy. <laughs> clammy dick. A clammy dickin. Charles Dickens' brother. Dickin clammy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what great content you're missing. <laughs> oh, Lord save us. But I feel like that's a pretty good bow tie on episode three. Look at us. Remember when we did episode one and we thought it would suck? And it's now it still does. <laughs> you promised me, I believe, that it'll suck, but then it'll get better. Slowly. Or it won't. Maybe, I don't know. So thank you for listening. Um, and we'll we'll catch you next time. Bye, Alan.